Good morning. This is the podcast, Imaginary People, Places, and Things, and I'm your narrator and host, Julie Liddell Whitehead. Today's story, Gandy Dancer, is narrated by Niles Reddick of Tennessee, who also wrote the piece. <coughs> it's a story of suspense and learning. Gandy Dancer. A Gandy Dancer named Spoon saved my life, but I lost my middle right finger. My daddy got me the job on the railroad in 1943, even though he lied about me being 16 that summer, and I'd hoped to save some money for college. That morning, the mist hung low in the Appalachian Mountains, and we slipped our way up the dewy trail to the tracks. The honeysuckle made the air smell sweet in spots, and I shivered a bit, but knew the rising sun would warm me. We were straightening rails and replacing cross ties at the beginning of a tunnel, and inside it, the Gandhi dancer yip, caller chanted, I got a girl in every town, huh? On the cue of huh, the dancers would two-step, using the iron tools to hit the iron track in unison to straighten the track until the next cue when the Gandhi dancer finished the chant. I'll go see her when the sun goes down, huh? They were named Gandhi dancers after the Gandhi manufacturer of railroad tools. When they had originally bored through the mountain to make the tunnel, they'd also hollowed out rock in the tunnel near the tracks in case someone was caught in there when the train came. I hadn't noticed that all that at all because of the dark. So when my hand got caught between the rail and cross tie and I heard the whistle and felt the vibration of the train coming up the hill, I called out for help. Two or three of the Gandy dancers tried to pull me loose, but my hand wouldn't give. I was praying, imagining my mama cooking supper and listening to the Carters on her old Victrola and my dad is saying, what in the Sam Hill did you do, son? My heart was beating as if it were trying to outrun the train, and I wasn't even moving. Spoon said, boy, I'm going to grab hold of you. You keep your head turned flat and don't look. Don't you move one bit. Spoon pulled me as flat as he could, and my arm stung and hurt when the train come through the tunnel. It felt like hundreds of wasp stings. Spoon laid across my legs and feet in that hollow, and when the train was gone and the wind stopped, Spoon said, Boy, don't you look at it. We're going to get you some help. I didn't look at it, and he wrapped his own plaid shirt around my hand to slow the blood flow and carried me down the mountain. While he was moving, he said, You feel all right? I lied to him I did. My arm and hand were burning, and while I didn't cry, Tears dropped from my eyes. He said, you know why they call me Spoon? I told him I didn't know. Because I like to eat. And we both chuckled. One of the railroad bosses in the trailer at the bottom of the mountain drove me to the town doctor. The nurse turned my head and held it in place so I couldn't see and told me it'd be all right. I'd only lost one finger, the middle one, and the other two were broke. 
The doctor wrapped them in splints, said he'd seen worse, gave me a shot to prevent infection, gave me a potion to drink to stave off the pain, and told me to come back in a couple of weeks. The nurse gave me a handful of small cloth bandages and said to tell my mama to clean the wound, put mercurochrome and salve on it, and dress it every night. While I never would have wished to lose a finger, life was all right without it, and sometimes it seemed like it was still there. I went back to work on the railroad in a week and showed Spoon and the others my stub of a finger, and the foreman let me lead the Gandy dancers with chants. They enjoyed my first one. I know a boy who lost his finger. Huh. When they two-stepped and straightened the track, I finished with, When the trains are coming, you better not linger. Huh. And this has been the podcast, Imaginary People, Places, and Things. And I'm your host and narrator, Julie Liddell Whitehead. And remember, a story is only as true as you believe it to be.